Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 He's a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to The Worst Writer in the World with me, Howard Long. Hooray! And with me as ever, my bold, useless assistant, it's Rufus Penzance. Wow. Wow, I let you do it once. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. OK, brilliant. Yeah, um, we'd like to thank the British Comedy Guide for hosting us. Yep. Thank you very much, British Comedy Guide. For and hosting we'd also us. like to, Yeah, for hosting us. We'd also like to say... Ooh, Congratulations. Congratulations to um, secret gang member, Mr yeah. Dominic Maniti, the first man to have a baby. No, 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 no. you've misunderstood <laughs> that. No, really? No. He, he had a baby with his wife in a quite normal manner. Basically, he's become a dad. Hooray! Congratulations, Dom. Yeah. He is our long, one of our longest supporters, yeah, and, yeah. and some would say our best. But not <laughs> me, because I don't like him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone, anyone else joined us this week, Howard? We've got a returning member, Monty Stern, is back for some more brilliant stuff. Welcome that you back. Can, that you can also get if you want to join the secret gang. Just head over brilliant. to Man by Cow. And, of course, let's, lest we ever forget, lest we ever forget, <laughs> yeah. the writer of this week's plot, plot so, so far. You can do it. It's Stuart Treyhorn. So horn. After grassing up green eyes to the space cops, Fitch got hidden on Earth by the firm. Unfortunately, they dumped him right in the middle of a spooky silence and he was murdered into gas. With 10 million people dead, Ace and Doctor Who trapped the hush, then went to a restaurant to forget about the slaughter. Which would have been easier without all the food smell. <laughs> Everyone else wants to know what happened to Fitch. His neighbour, Emily, is starting to question that anthrax story. Green Eyes Robot had a cup of tea and is now dead. The alien cat, Eli Scorn, is covered in ketchup. Job has headed to Earth. Denny has been looking for him in the fridge. And the gargantuan cocked, Teddy Mosley, is probably an evil spy. But like every doctor has a master, every worst writer story must come to an end. The hunt for Fitch is coming to a head. Well, Howard, uh, you may know that last week we came to the end of your work on The Firm with a bit where you basically gave up, right? Yeah, I hadn't got a firm end, but apparently you've got a firm end. <laughs> it is yet another Howard Long story that tragically never got finished. But that's what we're here for, isn't it? On The Worst Writer Show, to finish your stories. Mm -hmm. And this time, it was my turn. Hooray! So I have written the end to this story called The Firm. All right, you ready? Yep. Here we go. The planet Jafar was a future trendy space planet. Yeah. And the capital, Hijundi City, <laughs> was where all the coolest hepcats did their hepcatting. 
It was unique on Jafar because it was the only city that had both office buildings mm. and trees. <laughs> but the most remarkable thing about Hyjundi City was how much its residents loved danger. <laughs> Seriously, Guy, those dudes loved danger so much, some of them built their houses out of dynamite. <laughs> Or strontium, yeah. or guns. Yeah. It wasn't wise to knock on a stranger's door in Hyjundi City <laughs> in case his house exploded and you died. Mm. Everything exploded in Hyjundi City. <laughs> exploding sandwiches, yeah. exploding benches, exploding trains, exploding dogs. Because everything was made out of bombs. <laughs> and there were a million suns in the sky <laughs> to ignite those bombs. Surviving a single day in Hyjundi City was almost impossible, but the lucky few that did could look forward to returning home and drinking an exploding beer from their exploding fridge in their exploding house next to their exploding <laughs> dog which was made out of strontium. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I think I'm going to start again. <laughs> the planet Jafar was a cool planet, and it wasn't named after that villain from Aladdin. <laughs> And it wasn't called Jafar because a Jafarma named it after his Jafarm. <laughs> or because it was really Jafar from the nearest Jafarmacy. Yeah. Or because whoever named it had once taken a holiday on Earth and their favourite snack mm. had been Jafar cakes. <laughs> Note to self, don't write jokes about flipping Jaffa cakes. <laughs> no one outside the UK will have heard of flipping Jaffa cakes. Mm. I'll start again. The planet Jafar was a big rock floating in space with a bunch of people living on it who had jobs. Mm. Oh, and it had a million suns because it was part <laughs> of an infotinery system, which is like a binary system, but impossible. <laughs> this also meant that there were no shadows on Jafar and everyone yeah, yeah. was dead and on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, listener, yeah. this writing Doctor Who thing is more <laughs> difficult than it looks. You may mock Howard for his rubbish sci-fi, but it didn't take him this long to get to the flipping point. By the time he'd written this many words, Denny Mazer had turned up and got in the fridge with those penguins. Yeah, good times. The point is that High Jundi City on Jafar was spacey and futuristic. Harrison Ford was there shooting robots, and everyone was dressed in single-colour one-piece jumpsuits. In the middle of Hyjundi City mm. was the tallest building in the galaxy, mm. which was a huge, stiff, black erection, <laughs> which thrust into the soft, welcoming cheeks of the clouds mm. and just happened to be full of gay men all blowing each other in lifts. <laughs> yeah, and there's a fountain on top, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was, of course, the headquarters of the firm, mm. the Federation of Intergalactic Relocation Monkeys. Mm. <laughs> and up on the heaventh floor, Teddy Molesley was eating caviar out of a bucket <laughs> when, the, when there was a kerfuffle at the door and Scariot struggled in, dragging his beard crocodile behind him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to get my secretary rent boy to give you a hand with that? <laughs> Asked Mosley. Yeah. Only I'd rather not. Uh. My last two secretaries got eaten by your stupid <laughs> beard crocodile <laughs> and I don't want to lose another one. <laughs> <laughs> you get it right, Doctor. She's just like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, uh, I had the best teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Scariot swung his crocodile around hmm. so that it hung more comfortably from his chin. Mm -hmm. 
I'm fine, thanks, he said, flashing a smile so sexy that Molesley shat himself. I brought your heart pills and that block of cheese you asked for. Mm, oh, yeah. Scariot gestured at a large, wax-coated wheel leaning just outside the door. Is that all you've got? barked Teddy Molesley. That's barely enough to go on one cracker. That block of cheese weighs 850 kilograms, said Scariot. I had to get a helicopter to fly it up here. We had to drill a hole in the wall to get it in. Drilling, eh? said Molesley, approvingly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose it'll have to do. What took you so long, anyway? I ordered that cheese hours ago. I'm afraid I got a little held up in your elevator. Hmm. There was a man in there with a piano strapped to his back, and he was wearing makeup and golden pants. <laughs> Don't tell me. He offered you a drink and a blowjob, didn't he? <laughs> and a packet of peanuts, yes. That's Evita. He doesn't work here. <laughs> He's just a local homeless man who keeps getting in somehow. Oh. Then he hides in the elevator and offers people blowjobs. Yeah. He can be quite insistent. Mm. I noticed, said Scariot. I turned him down at first, but he was so upset. In the end, I simply <laughs> had to let him have a quick go. And then another seven quick goes. Mm. And then I did him, and then we had a cherry bomb each, and then we cherried each other's bombs, and before you know it, I'm late for my cheese appointment. <laughs> Scariot flicked his long, receding pink hair and twinkled sexily. Well, don't let it happen again, you pink-haired penis, said Morsley. I'm having a bad enough day as it is. Scariot dragged his beard crocodile over to the chair opposite Molesley's enormous desk and sat down. Do you want to talk about it? he said. It's bad, whimpered Molesley. We lost one of the relos. Mm. The, um, the what? <laughs> you know, the relos, the low cats, the A-teds. Mm. Should I know what you're talking about? The relocateds, the people, it's our job to hide mm -hmm. from him. Mm. Old Green Eyes, mm. said Scariot. Mm. Shh, don't say his name. That isn't his name. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, anyway, we lost track of one of our subjects, a chap called Fitch. Are you sure he's not just having a bath? <laughs> If he is, it's a very long bath. He's been missing for about a week. That is bad. Have you got any fur monkeys on the case? Fur monkeys was what they called the relocation and masking agents now. Ever since, the name of the firm had been changed to the Federation of Intergalactic Relocation Monkeys. <laughs> Loads of them, said hmm. Molesley. There's a couple of useless agents on Earth. There's that idiot Job, who's going to lose his job if he messes this one up, so we'll have to start calling himself Lack of Job. Mm -hmm. And then there's that chump Denny Mazer. <laughs> The one who's always calling himself Denny Mazing. <laughs> Denny Moron, I call him. Yeah. I told him to check the firm computer to try and find out if we might have a spy in our midst. And you know what he did? He went and got in the fridge instead. <laughs> he got in the fridge and started talking to imaginary penguins. <laughs> he's still in there. He won't come out. He says he's preparing a report casserole. <laughs> and he can't come out. <laughs> And he can't come out until he's put carrots in it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got no idea how safe our computer systems are. I suppose they're a bit safer if Denny Bleeding Mazer can't get at them because he's in the fridge talking to penguins. Mm. Teddy Molesley grabbed a big biscuit from the big tin on his big desk using his big hand and stuffed it into his big mouth. So, my IT guy's in the fridge. <laughs> I can't scan for Fitch because he might be wet. And my fur monkeys on Earth aren't answering my calls. <clears throat> What's more... 
I've been watching the Earth News, and it says almost everyone in London is dead because of a manthrax attack. <laughs> What's manthrax? <laughs> I have no idea. But it's deadly to humans, and since Fitch was in a human body, there's a good chance he's now a gas. <laughs> and you know what that means? Uh, no, me neither. So I sent Job to Earth to find out. Malcolm Job? That's the moron. So we'd better all keep our fingers crossed. Except for Fitch, who hasn't got any fingers because he's a gas, so he'd better keep his gas crossed wherever he might be. Meanwhile, at The Meal in Space, a restaurant where you get a meal in space, Ace and Doctor Who were ordering a dessert from a restaurant banker. I'll have the space jelly and moon ice cream, please, <laughs> said Doctor Who. Hello, 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 said the restaurant banker. Yeah. That's an excellent choice, sir. And for the lady. Mm. Hey, she ain't no lady. <laughs> you should see what we get up to between adventures, oh my God. said Doctor Who, because Howard had misunderstood the new adventures <laughs> remit and thought it was supposed to be about ace fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's lubed up nudie time, dude. <laughs> I had to have an upstairs put into the TARDIS because Ace kept wanting me to go up there and piss on her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the meteorite cheese and nebula crackers, please, <laughs> said Ace, hoping to stop Doctor Who from saying any more. Yeah. Cheese and crackers, yes. yes, said Doctor Who, as the restaurant banker sidled out of the scene, never to be met with again. Oh. Highly appropriate for Christmas. Christmas, said Ace. <gasps> now? Hmm. Yes, the time of year when I often get attacked by snowmen or Father Christmas. <laughs> How can it be Christmas in space, Professor? Yeah. Said Ace. It's always Christmas in space, <laughs> said Doctor Who. Don't you know the story of how the universe was created? Wow. You mean when Atom masturbated Shu and Tefna into existence? <laughs> and then they fucked and the world happened? Hey, Ace, there's no need to be going all Egyptian on me, okay? <laughs> what, have you been listening to Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs, available free on the Gret Binchleaf private eye feed, also from the British Comedy Guide? Mm -hmm. Uh, no, says Ace. Shut your stupid Ace face, then, or <laughs> I'll put you in an Ace case. Hmm. I thought you said there's no such thing. <laughs> I'll make one. <laughs> now shut up your noise and I will tell you how the universe began. Before the world was made, there was only paradise, with a load of gods living in houses and having barbecues in their back gardens. They mostly got on well and there was little disagreement. Even the gods of war were relaxed and spent their time comparing how long their swords were but never actually using them. Occasionally, someone would invent something new like trees, or rain, or argon. <laughs> and all the other gods would celebrate and say that it was good, especially argon, which everyone agreed was the best gas. <laughs> the only god who wasn't happy with the arrangement was a skinny, hairy fellow called Jesus Allen Christ. <laughs> Jesus, Allen... <laughs> Jesus Allen Christ didn't get on with the other gods because he'd never created anything impressive. The only thing Jesus Allen Christ had created was black rubber things, of which he had hundreds. He told the other gods that if they ate one, they would immediately win a fight. 
But no one wanted to win a fight because there were no fights because it was paradise. Mm. So no one ate Jesus Allen Christ's black rubber things mm. and they all had barbecued ambrosia instead. Mm -hmm. Jesus Alan Christ was upset that no one wanted to put his black rubber things in their mouths. <laughs> so he left the barbecue and resolved never to socialise with the other gods ever again. Instead, he went into his own garden and made ten special friends for himself. Mm -hmm. Ten friends who all had wings and beaks and feathers wow. and drumsticks. And he called them turkeys. Wow. Jesus Allen Christ, or J-A-C, as he sometimes liked to call himself to sound cool, <laughs> looked upon his turkeys and thought they were good. <laughs> he decided to call them all Allen after himself. And J-A-C and the ten Allens spent the whole afternoon playing a game they invented called Run Around Like a Pea-Brained Twit Flapping Your Wings <laughs> and Shitting. The turkeys weren't particularly good at this game. And soon J-A-C was exhausted. So he went to bed, feeling pleased with himself. Mm. Maybe tomorrow he'd create something else awesome, like murder or bread. But there was a problem. Because before he went to bed, J-A-C, or Jack for short, mm. had neglected to close the gate to his <gasps> garden. And while Jack was asleep, all his turkeys escaped. Oh, no. One got in a car and it drove off. <laughs> Which was surprising, as this was before the beginning of time, and there weren't any cars because they hadn't been invented yet. But this car was being driven by the Greek god Heracles, and he drove the turkey to space, where it laid lots of eggs, and they became the stars in the sky. Wow. And someone called them the Milky Way, which was stupid because it should have been called the Eggy Way. <laughs> Two turkeys ran out of the garden and straight into a butcher's shop, <laughs> which was owned by the god Epimetheus. And together, they created all the animals of the world and then slaughtered and ate them. Two turkeys ran straight into a nearby river and sank because they were heavy turkeys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as it was a river in heaven, those turkeys became underwater turkeys and wow. that's where all sea life came from. Wow. One ran into a poultry house, <laughs> which just happened to be the poultry house that Satan lived in. And together, the turkey and Satan created all the evil in the world, including Hawaiian pizza and centrist politics. <laughs> One ran into a tramp sack. <laughs> and then, later, got out of the tramp sack and fell in love with the tramp. <laughs> Alan the turkey and Steve the tramp lived long, happy lives together and had several half-tramp, half-turkey children, which they called the human race. And that's where people came from. Not that Garden of Eden rubbish. Humanity began in a tramp sack. So when right-wing pretend Christians say... It's Adam and Eve, not Alan and Steve. Mm -hmm. They are wrong. <laughs> because it was Alan and Steve fucking each other in that tramp sack. <laughs> One jumped over the fence for some reason, <sighs> even though the gate was open, mm -hmm. and landed on a barbecue that Jack's neighbours were having. And rather than getting off the barbecue and running away, mm -hmm. the stupid turkey just sat there and waited to burn to death. Mm -hmm. The other gods liked the taste of dead turkey so much... They decided to eat turkey every day, and that's why it's always Christmas in space. Mm. When Jack woke the next morning to discover that his turkeys had escaped and basically created the universe, he was so happy that he decided to have a celebratory breakfast. Mm. But he didn't eat turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, he had 
Yes, you've guessed it. He had boar's head. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I did guess that. I didn't want to say it to spoiler it, but no, I, you did did. Guess I, that. I could I could tell you did. All system status report. I appear to be dead. Mm. Emily, not Emily, Emily. Hit me with a lamp and got me oil out. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone knows a robot can't survive getting his oil out. Mm. Especially his face oil. That's where I keep me best oil. <laughs> I don't know why she did that. I thought we were getting along famously. <laughs> I drank her tea. I spoke to her about the old days on the farm. <laughs> I even told her my dad's name. <laughs> and that's not something I tell many people. No. Because... They used to laugh at me <laughs> back at robot school. Uh, they used to say, oh, look, there goes Xavier Grieg. Hmm. His dad's name is <laughs> Gana Gana Nick Kutana. <laughs> what a pillock. Oh, they were mean to me. Oh, they were mean to me, those other robots. But then me older brother came to school and sorted them out. No one laughed at him because he was massive and had guns for hands, hmm. which was lucky. Because his name was Zambia Zambia Nick Kutambia. <laughs> and that wasn't even the worst <laughs> one in my <me> family. <laughs> my sister's name was Mauritania Mauritania <laughs> Nick Kutaritania. And my mum, yeah. she was called Equatorial Guinea. <laughs> Equatorial Guinea Nick. <laughs> Coot Equatorial Guinea. <laughs> I don't know why they called me Xavier Greek. I think maybe they didn't like me. Wait a minute. If I'm dead, mm. how am I managing to do all this thinking? Mm. Maybe I'm in robot heaven. Better scan for angels. <laughs> I am scanning for angels. <laughs> I have scanned for angels. <laughs> There's no feckin' angels here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm alive. Yeah. I know. I'll scan the room for living robots. Mm. And if I find none, I'll know I'm definitely dead. Mm. I am scanning for living robots. I have scanned for living robots. <laughs> living robots detected. Two. Whoa. That's a surprise. Maybe I'd better look up the word robot in my dictionary in case it means something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Robot. Known. Countable. One. A machine capable of performing a complex series of actions automatically. Two. A person who behaves in a mechanical or unemotional manner, particularly in their job. Mm. Three, a metal man who comes from space and kills you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose there might be a toy robot in the room somewhere. <laughs> or one of them vacuum cleaners that scoots about on its own, sucking up dust. Mm. Or maybe Emily, not Emily, Emily, hates her job and has got all robotic about it. And that's got me scan all confused. I'd better open me eyes and check. Mm. Here, I've been prodding this robot for half an hour, <laughs> said Dorothea Richards. I'm starting to think he's properly dead, you know, prod, prod, prod. <laughs> I hope he is. <laughs> You'll have to go to prison then, won't you? <laughs> Can't go around murdering innocent robots just because you're in a mood, prod, prod. <laughs> he was trying to kill Cornelius. I've only got your word for that, though, haven't I? And I'm not sure I should trust you. After all, you are a murderer, prod, prod, prod. Here, have you got anything sharper? This fork doesn't seem to be waking this dead robot up. Dorothea continued to jab her fork into the robot's face until, quite suddenly, it twitched. 
I am opening my eyes, it said and did do. I am looking around. I am turning my head slightly from side to side so that I can take in more of the room. I am being prodded by an old lady. Prod, prod, prod. She appears to be jamming her finger into me eyeball and stabbing, <laughs> and stabbing me with a fork. I'm worried if she continues, she might make all me eye wire stick out. <laughs> Look, Emily, he's not dead. That's a relief, isn't it? I prodded him back to life. Dorothea turned her attention back to the robot, who was flexing his fingers and stretching his iron legs. <laughs> I hope you're not going to be cruel to that cat again, she said. I told you, kill someone your own size. <laughs> Emily's quite tall, isn't she? Perhaps you could kill her instead. Mrs Richards, <laughs> it's only fair. You killed him with a lamp. Now it's his turn to kill you. I wasn't being cruel to the cat, said the robot. I was trying to pet him. <laughs> he was bashing my head against the shitting wall, <laughs> said Eli Scorn, the cat. <laughs> Cornelius. <laughs> Emily was quite surprised. What's your language, you potty mouth? <laughs> I thought that's how you pet a cat. I looked up the word stroke in me head dictionary, <laughs> and it said, one, verb, to pass the hand over something or somebody lightly and with little pressure. Two, noun, the act or an instance of striking, as with the fist, a weapon, or a hammer. And I thought, hmm. those two seem dangerously different. <laughs> I'd better choose carefully. And then I started punching him. Yeah. That was wrong, wailed Eli Scorn. You should have chosen the first one. <laughs> oh dear, I have made a fundamental error of judgment. <laughs> there was an explosion in the hallway outside followed by some grunting and groaning, and then a man in a clown costume appeared in the doorway. Get me a glass of water and some aspirin, said the clown. <laughs> this teleportation hangover is the worst. Who are you, said Emily, who wasn't used to clowns appearing in her hallway. Agent Malcolm Job, said the clown, holding up an ID covered in symbols Emily had no hope of understanding. <laughs> I'm a Federation of Intergalactic Relocation monkey. <laughs> I'm looking for Tommy Fitch. Aren't we all? said Emily. Did you say you're a monkey? Hmm. A fur monkey, that's correct. Then why are you dressed as a clown? What are you talking about? said Job, looking down at his colourful trousers and big red shoes. <laughs> Roy Cena and Maddie said this is a normal everyday outfit for people on Earth. Yeah. People who go to children's parties and make balloon animals and drive impractically small cars. Look, I haven't got time for this. I've got to find Fitch before Green Eyes does. Mm. Agent Job pushed past Emily and stepped over to where the robot was sitting on the floor, screwing one of his iron legs back on <laughs> and still being poked by Mrs Richards. Mm. Right, you, he said, pointing an irritable finger. I want to know exactly what you've been up to. We've been trying to contact you for days with no answer. Mosley thinks you've gone rogue. I said, never. If there's one fur monkey you can trust, mm. it's Agent Xavier Grieg. <laughs> well, that's awfully kind of you, Agent Job, <laughs> said the robot. You can trust him to screw up and make a pig's ear of everything, said Job, <laughs> because he's a stupid robot with the intelligence of an empty dog. You didn't say that, did you? <laughs> I did. And then Mosley asked me what an empty dog is. Mm. And I said, it's a dog with no brains in, so it's particularly stupid. Mm. Look, I've had a difficult time of it down here. Ever since I arrived on Earth, 
I was trying to find Fitch's house, but I couldn't get Google Maps to work on me head computer. Hmm. Have you ever tried using a paper map? It's feckin' impossible. It got me right worked up, it did. So I decided to go on a bit of a murder rampage to make me feel better. <laughs> you know, take me mind off things. But I only managed to kill about 50 people before there was no one left. Everyone was dead already. Big piles of bodies all over the place and everything deadly silent. So I checked me head computer and it said, if there's no sound, oxygen doesn't exist. <laughs> and so all those humans had asphyxiated from being too quiet. And that's why I was okay, because I'm a robot and I don't breathe oxygen. I breathe argon. Mmm, <laughs> lovely argon, thought Xavier Creek. <laughs> Is there anyone left alive in London? Asked Agent Job. There's this woman here, said Grieg. Hmm. Her name's Emily, not Emily, Emily. <laughs> Which I think is perfectly normal. <laughs> because, because. Because my dad's name was Ganagana Nikutana. <laughs> oh, and I saw another alive woman when I was on my way here. Yeah. But I didn't talk to her because she was listening to imaginary headphones with her imaginary ears. And what about Fitch? Did you at least find him? No. I think he might be a gas, but I can't be sure. (laughs) (laughs) Agent Job gave a big old sigh and shook his alien head. Mm. What about you, Agent Richards? You were stationed here to keep an eye on Fitch. Can you tell us where he is? Well, I'd like to tell you, but I'm (laughs) I'm a bit busy prodding this human prod, prod, prod. Stop it, Mrs. Richards. Stop prodding me with that wooden spoon. (laughs) I'm just checking you're alive, prod, prod, prod. It's so difficult to tell with you humans. You don't even have a red light in your eyes. Mm. How am I supposed to know, prod, prod, prod? Wait a minute. This old woman is a fur monkey. Mm. Of course I am. What do you think I'm doing here? Why do you think I've been prodding you, prod, prod, prod? Oh, you could have given me a bit of warning you were coming, though. I'd have baked a robot cake and brewed some robot tea. When I saw you lying there, all dead on Emily's floor, I was so surprised I got me oil out. (laughs) Your oil, said Emily. My old robot heart's not what it used to be, you know. Emily was confused. Both Xavier and Mrs Richards kept saying they were robots. <laughs> she wondered if that was the way people said hello where they came from. <laughs> Bolivia or something. <laughs> Dorothea, do you know where Fitch is? Asked Agent Job. Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> yes, please. I bet you would. Coming in here through your time and space <laughs> hole like a jumping superhero. <laughs> Acting all manly and in charge and wanting to know where Fitch is. <laughs> do you know? Haven't got a clue. I haven't been able to scan him for ages. I assumed he was having a bath or drinking a glass of water or something. You know, we can't scan people when they're wet. Or when they stand too near a tap, said Xavier. (laughs) Or when they think about a river. (laughs) Well, lucky for you, I brought some new cutting-edge firm technology that can scan for people even when they're wet. It's a prototype never before used in the field, invented by firm computer genius Denny Mazer. Oh, that fella's Denny Mazer. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Completely Denny Marvellous. Agent Job took a device from his pocket that looked nothing more or less mm. than a battery tester. Ooh. But when he pressed the... <laughs> 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 but when he pressed the button, 
It didn't grip a battery. <laughs> no. <laughs> it didn't grip a battery. Mm-hmm. It did something else. What's it doing? <laughs> Asked Greek. It's not gripping a battery, <laughs> said Dorothea. <laughs> it's scanning the universe for Fitch, uh. said Agent Job. Got him. Apparently, he's in a restaurant. Shall we go? Mm. Fucking Christmas, <laughs> said Doctor Who, draining his seventh glass of brain death. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the Christmas when I got attacked by a million snowmen? I was like, that's a lot of snowmen. Maybe we could come down on the number of snowmen a bit, but those snowmen would not negotiate. So what did you do, Professor? I pointed a big heater at them and they melted. Mm. Fucking snowmen. I'll teach them <laughs> I'll teach them not to come down on the number a bit. <laughs> How many snowmen are you now? None. <laughs> because now you are a big puddle with carrots in. <laughs> Fucking carrot puddle. <laughs> Fucking carrot puddle. And then I made them ring their snowmen dads and say <laughs> I like being Doctor Who's carrot puddle. I hope he does some arse peas in me too. (laughs) I've been thinking, Professor, said Ace, through a mouthful of cheese. Really, that's not like you, Ace. Do you get it? I'm calling you thick. Mmm, cheese, good, (laughs) said Ace. And then, you're a time traveller, right? I am a time man. (laughs) Yes. Yes, time man. But earlier, the waiter said that I, but 20 years older, come to this restaurant with a young version of you. This shit's confusing, right? (laughs) I need to get some me gravity to stop my me floating away. (laughs) And then you said, that must mean you have less than 20 years before you regenerate. And then I regenerated, so I was correct. (laughs) You didn't regenerate, Professor. You just started doing a Tom Baker impression. (laughs) And not a particularly good one. (laughs) Oh, Ace, you are so cruel to me sometimes. (laughs) I am honestly quite upset. Perhaps you should give me a spanking later. (laughs) Oh, Doctor Who, you're such a naughty man. Uh, A naughty time man. That's what I mean. You're a time traveller, right? Mm. I am a time man. (laughs) (laughs) so it makes no sense for you to think that me being 20 years older (laughs) is 20 years in your future it could be a million years or one day unless unless what unless you're planning to spend the next 20 years with me still traveling with me and taking me to look at aliens and stuff that's the only way it makes sense because then 20 years for me would be 20 years for you as well, if we stay together. Doesn't sound like me, said Doctor Who. <laughs> I ditch my companions when they get too old. Like, I'm only 900. I can't be seen with a woman in her 30s. <laughs> what would people think? <laughs> Suddenly, a time hole appeared, and out come Malcolm Job. <laughs> Followed by Xavier Grieg, Dorothea Richards, Eli Scorn, and Emily, the boring, stupid human. Hey. What the shit, said Doctor Who, pointing at the man in the clown costume, the two robots and the woman holding a cat. I am a federation of intergalactic relocation monkeys, Hmm. said Job, flashing his ID. 
Our scans say that Tommy Fitch is in this space restaurant somewhere. Have either of you humans seen him? Ace opened her mouth to explain that they weren't both humans, but Doctor Who spoke before she could. Hey guys, we're just here eating space fish and shooting the breeze, okay? What do you want with this Fitch? We've got to protect him, said Job, from old green eyes. <laughs> I'll protect him, said Dorothea. You'd like that, wouldn't you, prod, prod, prod? <laughs> Who's this green eyes fella, Professor? <laughs> said Ace. <laughs> He's the reason the firm exists. We protect people from his tyranny. No one's safe as long as he's free to travel around and kidnap people. Hmm. And his name is Green Eyes. Hmm. He goes by many names, often anagrams. <laughs> we call him Green Eyes because people at the firm are so scared of him, they don't like using his real name. They think it's bad luck to say his real name. Hmm. His real name, which is Doctor Who. <laughs> Ace almost choked on her brain death. <laughs> What's that you say, Professor? <laughs> His name's Doctor Who, and he travels around in a TARDIS kidnapping people and making them travel with him and pretend to like him. <laughs> and sometimes he makes them drink his arse peas and, <laughs> <laughs> and call themselves when they were children and say they like it. <laughs> He's a real piece of work. But the worst thing about him is he never lets his victims go. Once he's kidnapped someone, or adopted them as companion, as he calls it. Wow. He keeps them forever, locked in a room in his TARDIS. He promises to take them home whenever they want, but then he doesn't. Mm. And he splankers, <laughs> said Ace, who had, in fact, been listening to Gret Binchley's Private Eye, available from the British Comedy Guide, plus exclusive stories in The Secret Gang. Ace thought of all the times she'd asked Doctor Who to take her home, hmm. just before they'd become embroiled in some thrilling <laughs> and distracting adventure. And who are you again? We work for the firm, said Job. An entire organisation devoted to rescuing his victims hmm. and then hiding them from him. Which is difficult because he's got a time and space machine and basically knows everything. And this Fitch is one of his old companions. We disguised him as a human and hid him on early 21st century Earth, which our information told us would be the last place Doctor Who would check. <laughs> that information turned out to be quite wrong, but that's what you get when your information comes from Denny Mazer's fridge penguins. <laughs> oh, he's Denny Mazer in that fella. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you two anyway, said Job, and why are you so interested in what we do? Hey, you just came out of a space hall next to our table. Forgive us for being curious, OK? And what's your name? Hmm. Said Job, suspiciously. Well, <laughs> you can call me Ombaker Dr. Hoot. <laughs> said Ombaker Dr. Hoot. Excuse me, said Emily, who couldn't help wondering why she was there at all, <laughs> since she appeared to have nothing to do with the story. Hmm. Aren't you supposed to be looking for my neighbour? Yes, find Tommy Fitch, said Eli Scorn. Quick, before Green Eyes turns up with his colourful coat and his colourful umbrella and his <laughs> stupid blonde curly hair. <laughs> Footnote, he's talking about Colin Baker, everyone. <laughs> when I was plotting this, I went online to see if any of the Doctor Who actors have green eyes. And the answer was, yes, Colin Baker. Mm. It's almost as if Howard planned Colin Baker to be the villain all along. Agent Job got out his weird battery tester and pressed the button. 
but it didn't grip a battery. <laughs> it did something else. Ooh. This way, he said, and ran off down a space corridor, followed by two robots, a space cat, two human women, and a grinning Time Lord with a twinkle in his no longer green eyes. <laughs> I am running down a corridor in a space restaurant. Hmm. I am turning a corner. Hmm. I am running down another corridor. Hmm. There is a Dalek here. <laughs> I am telling the Dalek not to exterminate me. <laughs> Dalek scan suggests that it's going to exterminate <laughs> me anyway. I am murdering the Dalek. <laughs> scan suggests everyone is quite pleased with me. I am doing a smug smile. <laughs> We are running down some more corridors. It is terribly exciting if you can see it. Lots of <laughs> corridors and running. <laughs> we have reached the toilets. Mm. There's a big blue box here. Agent Job is saying, this is old Green Eyes TARDIS. <laughs> no one seems to know what to do now. Agent Job is putting his ear against the TARDIS and fiddling with his weird battery tester. <laughs> it is not... <laughs> it is not yeah. gripping a battery. Okay. It's doing something else. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the idiot that wrote that first. <laughs> Wait, did you just write your battery tester into a script yeah, yeah, yeah. and send it to the BBC? <laughs> but say it wasn't a battery tester. It, uh, it doesn't grip a well, battery. Why mention battery tester at all? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the robot monologue. Yeah. I'd better make myself useful. Mm. I'll scan these two newcomers, see if they're carrying any bombs. <laughs> One humanoid Earth-born female has loads of bombs in her bag, <laughs> disguised as hairspray. Might have to kill her later. Mm. One humanoid Gallifrey-born time man. Although data suggests he may turn into a time woman in the future and upset a lot of pillocks. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Genetic makeup recognised. Perfect match with Doctor Who. <gasps> Known aliases. Tom Baker Doctor Who. Colin Baker, Doctor <laughs> Who, Sylvester McCoy, Doctor Who, John Smith, mm. The Doctor, Om Baker, Doctor Hoot, Old Green Eyes. <gasps> this is the fellow we've been looking for. Oh, shit. I'd better tell someone. Oh. My weird battery tester says that Fitch is inside that box, mm. said Job. We need to get inside and rescue him. Oh, oh, would you like me to prod it? Prod, 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 said Dorothea. <laughs> Or I could laser it open with my laser eyes if you prefer. Wow. How about you all step away from the TARDIS mm. and put your hands in the air, said Doctor Who. Oh, look out, he's got a gun. <laughs> guns are illegal, you know. Shooting people with guns is illegal. Why don't you shoot someone your own size? <laughs> Where did you get that gun from, Professor? It is my Doctor Who gun. Yes. I take it everywhere with me in case I want to shoot someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm famous for it. <laughs> yes. Doctor Who waggled his gun and smiled. Yes. 
He's Doctor Who, oh, said, said Grieg. Everything I wanted Doctor Who to be as a child. I was about to tell you that. Your green eyes, said Job. But where are your green eyes? I regenerated out of them, mm. said Doctor Who. Now, come on, Ace, it's time we were leaving. I think I'd like to go home, Professor. Mm. Bad luck. <laughs> you agreed to come on an adventure with me. That means you have to stay in my TARDIS forever. Yes. And you have to say you like it. <laughs> and sometimes you have to call your dad and tell him you like yeah. it. Because travelling with Doctor Who is fun and no one wants to leave which is lucky because they can't. <laughs> but Professor, I'm like one of those Jimmel Fix-It men. <laughs> 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 Said Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> Fixing it for people to go on an amazing adventure and then never letting them leave. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Ace. I've got a special room in the TARDIS for old companions. Mm. You can go in there with Mel Bush <laughs> and Bobo <laughs> <laughs> and <Yeah>. Tegan Nedrick. <laughs> Don't forget Tegan Nedrick, yeah, okay? Never. And of course, Tommy Fitch. Mm. You'll be happy in there. Everyone's happy with Doctor Who. Mm. No, Professor! We have fun, don't we? You enjoyed that hush thing earlier, right? Mm. That was exciting. All that running around with your Walkman plugged into your imagination. Mm. It was awful, Professor. Mm. All those dead people, though. <laughs> Piles of dead people, though. Mm. All over the floor, though. Mm. That's what made it so exciting. No point running around London if there's no piles of dead people. What are you, a jogger? I mean, geez, why did I bother murdering all those people yes. if you don't even appreciate it? Yes. Murdering? I thought you said it was the hush. Don't be ridiculous, I made that up. <laughs> yes. Come on, Ace, some quiet that kills people. <laughs> did you not guess I was pulling your Ace leg when I said... Without oxygen, sound can't exist. <laughs> and the opposite is also true. That did seem a bit strange. <laughs> I made it up so you wouldn't guess I killed all those people with my sonic death driver. Oh my god. So many people though. <laughs> there must have been thousands. Millions, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Precisely a thousand for each wall I looked at. And there are a lot of walls in London, yes. yes. Do you want to know how many walls I've seen? <laughs> it's a million. Yeah. So don't be showing me no more walls, okay? <laughs> Doctor Who unlocked the door to his TARDIS, then pushed Ace inside. Mm. Hey, Emily, he said, as he stepped through the TARDIS door. You want to see the wonders of time and space? <laughs> I can take you to see the piles of skeletons at the end of the universe. <laughs> or we could go say hi to Adam. Or am dad, as I like to call him, because he am my dad, and also yours, and everyone else's. But Professor, came a voice from inside the TARDIS, you said it wasn't Adam and Eve, it was Alan and Steve. Mm. Shut up, Ace, you are old news. Emily is my companion now, and I will tell her whatever I want. Mm. Doctor Who flashed a toothy grin and waved his gun at Emily. <laughs> Come along, my dear. All the past and future is waiting. Just think of all the skeletons. <laughs> the doctor ushered Emily into his TARDIS, then locked the door behind them. The firm agents watched impotently as, with the sound of a BBC sound engineer <laughs> scraping a key along a piano string, the TARDIS dematerialised. 
Footnote, then rematerialized in space, spun around for a while, dematerialized again, and then materialized on some boring planet, probably Earth. We can't help thinking, said Xavier Grieg, that we have made a fundamental error of judgment. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat to to every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Was writer in the world 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 Is a stupid Wow, what a thrilling conclusion. All by genius Rufus Penzance, the worst writer in the world there. <laughs> you are nagging me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I feel like I definitely want to have sex with you now. Um, um, <laughs> well, later, later. We've got to, yeah, OK, OK. Got to do the outro first. Do the outro first. Um, in all seriousness, that was amazing, Rufus. What a genius you are. And if you'd like to hear more of genius Rufus's writing... I feel um, like you're, you know, you're building people up for a disappointment now, like you're maybe putting a bit too much emphasis on that word genius. Okay, that was terrible, Rufus. <laughs> You're can awful. Not, can there not be a middle ground? <laughs> if you'd like to hear more rubbish by Rufus Penzance, <laughs> I mean, you can do. Join if, the gang. Join, join the, the gang. gang. There's an episode of Gret Binchley coming up on Christmas Eve written by you. I'm That's very true. excited to hear it. Yeah, because... I haven't written it yet, though, have I? <laughs> but I will do, and I will have done. <laughs> well, I hope you will have done, because otherwise I won't be able to hear it, and yeah. they won't be able no, to hear it. No, they will, definitely. I'm working hard on it, and mm. like at the moment it's rubbish, but I've still got a week to make it good so i'm hoping mm. i'm hoping i'll think of a good thing <laughs> for it <laughs> before next weekend <laughs> all right there's also loads of other stuff in the secret gang that they can get uh, for a very reasonable price and if they sign up they can get access to just an extraordinary amount of stuff immediately it's not just what we release every month it's all there right now and if you'd like to sample it and you don't want to commit just yet, just go to uh, manbycow.com forward slash slash forward slash yeah forward, forward, <laughs> forward slash, slash free. free. <laughs> we'll be back with the next worst writer story in mid January. What, what is it, Howard? Is it Howard? Yeah, go on, tell us. It is a play called Ooh. The Fall of Hemlock Chase. Okay, and we're going to have to. St- quit now because the next door neighbours have started playing music and you might be able to hear it in the background Mm -hmm. so bye bye everybody milk good milk here's a stupid suck ass rubbish writer